I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Man, I really appreciate you all showing up and checking out my podcast, the Beautifully Human Podcast. I am Nick Sheesby, and today I am chatting with an awesome, wonderful human who I had the pleasure of meeting while doing this podcast, and his name is Vasil. And I can't wait for you to hear his story of where he grew up and the power of positivity that he is putting out into the world now and everything he is up to. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at The Beautifully Human Podcast. Follow us on Spotify. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And again, just enjoy this beautiful episode. People are beautifully human from all over the world, from all walks of life. We're all beautifully human, and I want you to see that, you know? You're looking at one thing, and I want you to see a wider variety of people. So, you know, I love I love having those conversations to help break down those stigmas and just show we got a lot in common, all of us, you know, Absolutely. no matter what. I am all you about know? that. I'm all about unconditional love. I feel like ever since I was born, like, I've always looked at people like I want to help people and, and encourage people, right? Yeah. So I, I just have that unconditional love for people and I love connecting with you, uh, people like you and having deep conversations. Yeah, man, I love it. Um, so you what, we can just jump right in and I'll go with my first first question for you. Let's do it. All right. So I, I love doing it as just a very broad, open-ended question of, tell me a story of your life, dude. The story of my life. <laughs> okay, how much time you got? <laughs> I mean, we got time. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, so my name is Vasil, and I was born in Bulgaria. And oh, I lived cool. there until I was nine and a half years old when they came up with the green card program. And my father wanted a new opportunity. He wanted a new life, a new challenge for his family, like my mom. And I also have a brother. And he applied for that program. And we like to think that our family has good luck. We have that mindset. He was like, we always have good luck. And he got it. Like out of like millions of people, he was the one person out of like, I don't know, a select few that got that opportunity. So all of a sudden we're moving to America and I don't know any English. 
Oh, God. That was crazy because it just happened so fast, right? I had to leave all my friends behind. I had to leave my grandparents behind, my cousins, everyone. And all of a sudden, we're flying to America. So part of me is a little bit stressed, but part of me is excited because I'm going to the land of opportunity, baby, America. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had a choice of moving to Chicago or South Carolina, Charleston. And my dad decided to go with Charleston because we are beach people. He's definitely a beach person. He's a kite surfer and he had to be close to the ocean. So he chooses that. Mm-hmm. And then my life in America starts. And I'm one of those people, like I said, I, I love people genuinely. Like I just want to encourage people and help people. And I've always had jobs where I support people. Like I've worked as a lifeguard. Uh, right after college, I went to the University of South Carolina, graduated with exercise science, where I studied how the body works, and I decided mm-hmm. to help people with their health. So I started my own personal training business. And with personal training, I was able to do just that, like help people transform, help people build confidence and improve their health. And I realized the people that had the best transformations, Nick, were the people that I held accountable. I right. changed their mindset, kind of like the way they were looking at stuff. And then they got really good results. So I got to a point in my business where I was like, okay, uh, my schedule is full. I can either expand my personal training business. I can become an online trainer uh, or I can reinvent myself and do something even more challenging. And what is that? I decided to go with learning how the mind works, learning how the subconscious mind works, the brain works. That really intrigued me. So I started going to different personal development events. And right at that time, I had a couple of really difficult things happen to me. I was in a great relationship. Uh, My job was going well. And all of a sudden at the gym, uh, I ended up actually hurting myself really bad to where I herniated a couple of discs. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever uh, experienced like horrific pain? Probably not in that level of it. No, I'm just going to go with no on that one. Pretty bad. (laughs) bad. And and at that point, I also had no insurance because like my whole life, I lived really healthy. So I never went to the doctors. Yeah. And I started going to physical therapists, um, massage therapists, chiropractors. The pain was not going away for months and months. And it actually started getting worse. So they recommended I have surgery. And it got so bad that I was like, I was living in so much pain that I couldn't even like work out anymore. It was hard Mm -hmm. to sit for a while. It was hard to lay, stand. Everything was getting challenging. I could basically just walk at this point. And doctors were telling me, don't bend over, do this, don't do do that. Now, while I'm going through this physical pain, my relationship had taken like a little turn and we both decided to go our separate ways. And because that relationship was like, it was an important relationship. Like I've had many relationships in my life, but this relationship, it was the first time I fell in love. Mm, yeah. So it got to a point where both people had to go their separate ways. And when I made that decision and I moved out, then all of a sudden I had this emotional pain and I prepared myself for it mentally, but no, I, I couldn't have even like, come close to preparing myself for like, sure, what yeah. I after that. Yeah. Losing like your partner, your best friend. So I was living with this physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain now. And I went from somebody that's 
really positive and real supportive. So I kind of lost my why mm. and I started yeah. thinking negative. And I was just like living in so much pain. It's like, is my life ever going to like go get even close to what it was before? Like I lost love. I lost like my ego. I can't work out. Like I lost my identity. I'm living in pain. What am I going to do? So I started going down this downward spiral and I realized it was getting pretty bad when I started having suicidal thoughts throughout the day. Mm. I was like, what's the easiest way to die? Was And as soon as I started becoming conscious of like, oh, that's, that is not a good thing to think. I realized I, I diagnosed myself as I'm depressed. So yeah. that's when I said, I'm taking my life into my hands. I got to do something about this. And once again, I dove into the personal development, started looking at meditations. There's so many meditations online, right? But it's kind of confusing if you're just getting started. So I wasn't having the best luck meditating. And I decided to invest in a class that certifies me to become a meditation teacher. And I'm oh, so nice. glad I did because I learned how to meditate the right way without falling asleep. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I experienced some beautiful meditations. At the same time, I realized that I was living with resentment and some guilt and some sadness and some anger. So I decided to work on forgiveness. Mm. And one tool that I could share with your audience, the beautiful human podcast audience, is if you are dealing with any one of those emotions, resentment, pain, guilt, jealousy, anger, there's a good chance you might need to forgive and I forget, there's tons of forgiveness exercises out there. But what really worked for me was writing down 10 things that I forgive myself for on a piece of paper. I forgive myself for a blank. Right after that, you write down 10 things that you're proud of yourself for. And you follow it up by 10 things that you commit to do. Hmm. And you take that little list and then you go in front of the mirror every morning and every night and you read it to yourself, looking at yourself in the eyes and yeah. you say to yourself what you want somebody else to tell you. And it's deep. You experience yeah. all the emotions, you let go and it gets easier and easier and easier. So that was part of my healing. I'm meditating. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to go for my dream to, be, to reinvent myself as a coach. And in order to become the best possible coach, I need to learn how to speak in front of audiences. I want to learn how to captivate people by speaking to like hundreds of people, to thousands of people and change their lives within one speech. So I decided to go into Toastmasters. Have you heard of Toastmasters? I haven't, no. Yeah, so Toastmasters is a nonprofit organization on public speaking. And they have different clubs all over the world, all over the United States, Europe, Asia, Africa, you name it. They got those clubs and you can literally search them by zip codes. Right before COVID, you can Google it by zip codes and you went physically to a meeting and here you are surrounded with public speakers. Now wow. it's all online and they're still doing that, right? It's oh, kind of cool. like the Zoom, but it's a group. Sure. And it's a group of people that want to improve their public speaking skills. So there's different roles. You got people that deliver like a five to seven minute speech that's planned out. You have the MC that's running the whole meeting. You have a joke master. You have uh, somebody that counts filler words like um, and Ooh. you know what I'm saying and like stuff like that, right? Um, you have evaluators. So after you're done speaking, somebody will go up in front of everyone and tell you, this is what you did well, and this is what you can improve on. 
And there's even a general evaluator, a person that evaluates the whole meeting. So wow. say public speaking, it's a whole different level. And they're and there, they're learning how to use body language, facial expressions, pauses, tonality. So important. Like public speaking is like an art form. There's like a language within a language. Sure. And when done the right way, you can definitely help people listen better. Also, another thing I learned was how to listen better because people often like just speak all all the time, but they don't really listen to what the other person is saying. So the first time I went, I got up there, it was a freaking mess. It was a mess. I, my knees were buckling, my hands were shaking, and I thought I was about to have a heart attack. And I spoke, and it wasn't the best, but I got through it. Yeah. But I did it for four years, and I got better and better and better to the point where I competed with some of the best people in South Carolina because they have a world championship. There's like a, the best public speaker in the world championship wow. from all the countries that come together. And I was able to get to like the fourth level with like the seven best people in South Carolina. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. So I started dealing with a lot of this like emotional pain. I felt like I got through the emotional pain, but I was still dealing with my back pain. And I was looking for a holistic answer, Nick, because I didn't want to have surgery. That surgery is like gambling your life. Like sometimes you can improve. Sometimes you, you can get better. And sometimes it stays the same. And it's extremely expensive. And right, there's a long recovery. And so I was looking for holistic answers. And I kept searching within the mind. I kept traveling to different countries. I, I studied different plant medicines. I changed my diet. I would get better, I would get worse. I would get better, I would get worse. But I noticed like a lot of times when I went to different countries, all of a sudden, like my back pain would sometimes even like completely go away. It's like, mm. what is this about? So then part of my transition from personal trainer to coach, to transformation life coach, I decided to get certifications to make me stand out. As you know, right now, there's a ton of people that are in the life coaching field online. Everybody's a coach. Yep. But I wanted to kind of like distinguish myself a little bit. So I went to a company called Transform Destiny, and they're one of the most incredible certification companies when it comes to NLP, hypnosis, and coaching. And I got my certification through there for NLP. And there, I actually met my current partner, and I fell in love again. So that was That's good. Awesome. That was right during COVID. I learned many more tricks on how the mind works. Until last year, in the middle of last year, 2020, I was able to find the answer and I was able to rewire my mind to where I completely eliminated my back pain. And now I'm working out, I'm running, I'm exercising, I'm doing anything that I want. So I found love again and I fixed my back. And now I'm on this journey to tell people and encourage people, like find that love within yourself, work on yourself. And you, you'll start manifesting your dreams and you'll start stepping into your purpose. And there's yeah. little tools that can help you get there. And that's what I do with my clients. Dude, I love that. I, I mean, what a good, I mean, what just a powerful story, but also that you found love again. And, you know, that that with this journey, you got to touch all of those aspects that were, were hurting you. Because a lot of people get to a point where, it's like, okay, my mind's better, but like now my back's still better. You know, it's like you got to encompass all of that and now you're giving that to people and that's such a powerful gift for people. 
That's so rad. Um, I w- you said Bulgaria that that intrigues me. Um, how when you were growing up there, what was it like growing up there? What was it like growing up in Bulgaria? That's an interesting question. Well, so it's Eastern Europe. It's right next to Greece and Turkey, and the food is very similar to like Greek culture. The music is too. It was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful life. Um, we lived in Varna, which is right by the Black Sea. Oh wow! And just like my my family was there, you can there's so much public transport, buses, taxi taxis that were cheap. There's amazing nature, mountains, hiking trails. You know the sea, and my grandfather actually has a villa the in the mountains where you can kind of see the black you can see the black sea when you're in the villa so we i grew up like he he farmed he had animals he he had all kinds of vegetation and it was just i loved it yeah it was a good time that's so cool i i have wanted to go to bulgaria for a long time i i went to i did um i did a trip from istanbul all the way to prague and i did like slovakia and like we we didn't make it there, but we went to Romania and Hungary and we did all kinds of parts of Eastern Europe. So I've always had a very special place in my heart ever since I went there. And, you know, the reason I ask about that is because part of my mission with this, this podcast as well is to just show what it's like in other places. You know, it's not just like some, you know, like country that doesn't know what to do with life it's like no life really happens there and it's beautiful life you know god yeah i i saw on your instagram profile with you and uh lindsay right you yeah. guys are travelers and you've been to so many places this yeah. this is probably one of the reasons why you want to talk about this because i've noticed that too like the more places that i travel my mind's eye opens up i'm seeing people in different cultures and people are happy like there's there's happiness and misery everywhere like no matter right. what country it is but you just learn so much from other people's cultures and it's so much fun stepping in the unknown really there's like a different language and there's the system works different the government works different the money's different like and you're yes. in there and you're, you're learning but it's incredible oh man and i you know not that it would like solve everything but i just think if people would go and just have those experiences and get a little bit uncomfortable because I know it sounds weird and I say it a lot though I really enjoy going and getting a little uncomfortable of just going oh shit how do I figure this out what yeah what's the money even look like is it 20,000 equals one and that's not even meaning like our $20,000 it's just a $20,000 bill like that's a little weird coming from this country when you see something that says like 20,000 like to me I'm like hell yeah I wish I had a $20,000 bill that I could just throw down that's pretty rad but you know what I'm saying like it's so cool and like getting into a cafe and you're sitting there and then language is just swirling around and it is just so cool. Like I do wish that I could speak every language with every single person so that I could sit down and speak with you in your native tongue or someone in their native tongue. But I love getting lost and just like listening to those languages. It's so yes. beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. And then once again, you can, when you travel, you see that people are beautifully human. Totally. You can just talk to anybody from any any place, any city, 
and have a heart-to-heart heart conversation in that. And they'll tell you interesting stories about their life and they're interested to know about your life. I feel like uh, there's this limiting belief of people that never travel. I've definitely met people that have never left the city that they were born in and they have this mindset where it's like, it's real dangerous to leave, to leave America, right? But yeah, there's absolutely some places that are dangerous where you don't want to be in. But for the most part, the places that you've heard that are not that, they're not that bad. And there's actually beautiful people there that you can have incredible conversations with and make lifelong friends with. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've been to countries like that where it's like, ooh, are you you're really going there? And I'm like, yeah. And then you get there and like the people, I mean, we did the Baltic States, Lindsay and I, um, early 2020. And, you know, any like there's a lot of places in the world that could be really pissed off about their history but like there those are countries that have been countries on their own for 30 years so less than you know shorter time of, as a country than i've been alive which is crazy and they could be really pissed off about their history but man they were so loving and just ready to say like oh can we show you this like we were in Kaunas, Lithuania, and it was so amazing. We made such good friends, and they would just take us around. And it was like the the pride that you see there is brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. I agree with you so much. Uh, one of my favorite places that I've ever went to is Japan. From all the oh. places that I've been to, that I felt like that was a completely different world compared to America. Like everything worked so different. It was so fast paced, but at the same time, there was so much respect in their culture. There wasn't a piece of trash anywhere in any city, Right. anywhere. The, the place was like spotless and people had so much respect for each other. When I would go uh, travel and go to uh, the underground, you know, the rail system, people would give up their seats for the old people and one thing that was interesting, it's not like, uh, like if you go to New York, you know, it's really loud. But when I went to Japan, crickets, nothing, nobody, even though it's full of people, yeah. everybody's listening to headphones. And I was like, that's interesting. Why is that? It's because they want to respect each other's privacy and space. Ah, wow. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's a whole different, That that's a whole different mindset than here for sure you know it's like oh yes we are in public we're together but like we're gonna take care of each other you know like give that person their space because I, I want my space it's it's a pretty pretty simple dynamic you know yeah. like when you think about it um so when you got here how did how did you end up learning english well i didn't know any english when i came here and they put me in fourth grade, because that's where I was supposed to be. I was supposed to be in fourth grade. I just finished graduating third grade in Bulgaria. And they just put me in normal classes. Plus, I had English as a second language extra classes. So I had a teacher that specialized with that, that would work with me one to two hours a day. And then I had plus all the regular things. And I, like right now, I can't even like imagine how that would happen but like i did it like i was in the unknown and like you know when you're when you're at that age when you're about 10 years old your brain is learning quick that's the best age to learn another language and i was at the right place at the right time and i feel like that's where i learned really quick is because i was just immersed with people that spoke english and i had to speak english i remember the first couple of months i wanted to communicate with some of the kids and I didn't know any of the words, so that was difficult. 
on top of everything that I was learning in school, my mom and I, every time I would come back from school, we would learn 20 words every day, every day. And then slowly but surely, by the time I was like sixth and seventh grade, I was already fluent. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. I mean, I, I wish it would have, or I can't put it on anybody else. I wish I would have paid more attention to like my Spanish lessons when I was a kid and it wasn't even a kid. It was later on. It was like high school when I started learning and it was just like, I just didn't care. You know, I didn't give a shit to learn. And now I wish like if I could go tell anything to little Nick, I'd be like, dude, be a language nerd. Just learn it all. Um, so how, like, so you're learning the new language. Like how did, how did people accept you in South Carolina? Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, if you, if you come from a different place like that, you kind of not, you can be considered an outsider. So it could go good or bad. Right. And when you're dealing with kids, most of the time it could go bad. Yeah. <laughs> the, as soon as I got there, um, it was like the first week when there was this like boy that was kind of like the alpha and he was kind of like the bully. Right. And we went out to recess. I could tell he was like eyeing me for a couple of days, but we went out to recess and then all of a sudden he just showed up in my face and he just started like, like he started saying something. I don't know what he was saying because I didn't speak English, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it wasn't good. And then his face sure. was moving. And all of a sudden he freaking shoved the hell out of me. Right. And I was just like kind of shocked. And right like one second after that, I jumped up as high as I could and I kicked him hard in the shoulder. I used to play soccer in Bulgaria. And yeah. I kicked hard. So he was even more shocked. And I wasn't kind of like stepped back like four feet. And then all the girls like were watching this. And as soon as they saw this, they went behind me. And they were like, ooh. And then like the teachers broke us up. So then after that, I didn't really have problems. Because <laughs> I, I stood up for myself the first time somebody messed with me. So I was good after that. Yeah, I imagine your shock value and then he's like oh i got him and then all of a sudden you just come with a fucking kick and then shoulder <laughs> he was so shocked oh man that's incredible and yeah i mean like you said though i mean kids can just be so cruel so i mean i guess that it's good that you had that that prowess about you to be like stand up for yourself because i think a lot of people wouldn't be confident enough to do that I see, I don't even, that, it happened so fast that it was like instinctive. I didn't even have time to think about it. It was like, I, somebody's hurt me, I'm pushing back and it happened within like a few seconds. So I don't yeah. even remember thinking about it. I just like, I, somebody hurt me and I hurt them right back and it happened quick. Yeah. That's crazy. What a, what a good story. <laughs> So besides English, do you, how many other languages do you speak? Well, like you in high school, it was mandatory that we take another language and I decided to go with Spanish instead of French. Mm. And I also half-assed it. And yeah. so as a result, I speak Spanglish. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then in your native tongue, do you still speak your native tongue? Yeah, Bulgarian. Definitely okay. Bulgarian. Bulgarian is very similar to Russian. It's kind of like ah, okay. it uses the same alphabet, the Cyrillic alphabet, which has just a few more letters than the English alphabet. And if I spoke to a Russian person, I wouldn't be able to communicate 100 percent. 
and know what they're saying because the words do change. But there are some words that literally sound exactly the same. Like da means yes and ne means no in Bulgarian and in Russian. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I... I... I have a friend who is from Denmark, but he lives in Norway now. And he said kind of the same where it's like similar. And he's like, if I switch some words around, it kind of like makes sense and I can get by. Yeah. Huh. I guess it's kind of like Portuguese and Spanish too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still, do you still speak Bulgarian often? So I speak to my grandparents and a couple of other family members in Bulgaria. I would say like every week or every other week and i oh, practice wow. my bulgarian with them for sure so yes i still speak it but i would say i wouldn't be able to use big words big vocabulary words in bulgarian but for the most part i can communicate pretty well nice um another thing that i i thought was was very cool i was living with my friend in denmark and he was like i when i when he was hanging out with me and speaking english he was like man I know English so well that I dream in English. And I was just like, oh my God, I didn't even think of someone that it wasn't their native tongue dr dreaming in another language. Do you find that true? Yeah, so for me, I definitely dream in English at that point, but I consciously, I can't recollect when I started dreaming in English. Because in the beginning, it was definitely Bulgarian, for sure. sure. But when did that switch? I might have to get hypnotized for that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just such a such a crazy concept to me, but also very fascinating because I love how the mind works. I think it's such a fascinating, yeah. you know, especially with languages. Um, so I, I like to ask this question to people on the podcast and, um, you know, COVID restrictions aside, uh, if I came to you and I had a plane ticket to anywhere in the world, where would where would you go? Bali. Bali has been calling me for such a long time because it has everything that I love, which is it has beaches, it has forests, and the third one, jungles. You know, yeah. I've been to jungles in Costa Rica and jungles just take it to a different level. But Bali has all three. It's got like this holistic environment. It's got beautiful destinations. The locals would be incredible to talk to. Uh, you can just rent little scooters and mopeds and travel around the whole city for extremely cheap. You can find places to live for cheap. I mean, I know some entrepreneurs that have virtual jobs that get together like three or four people and they live at such a beautiful like place in Bali with like a, a pool and you got a view of the jungle and you have maids and you have like massage therapists and it ends up being like, six times cheaper than america if not more yeah yeah i would love i would love to go to bali i had a friend who did quarantine there did all all of covid he just got back to the states wow two weeks ago now something like that yeah he was he was over i forget where he was before but when it all started he was like well i'm just gonna go to bali because i can get in and then he and his partner just had a villa there for the whole time Wow, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And another reason I would want to go to Bali is because I feel like there's a lot of uh, spiritual entrepreneurs going there. So it would be a great place to connect with people like you and I, people that love nature, people that have a love for humanity and love that hu holistic lifestyle, you know, right? 
right when I when I was in my journey, when I, when I did the practice forgiveness, when I meditated, when I went into public speaking, after a while of doing that, I was able to find myself. And not only did I find myself, but I found unconditional acceptance and love for myself where I reached a spiritual awakening. So now my mission is to pretty much raise the average human consciousness. Like I'm here to just bring love and gratitude and bring up people's vibration and contribute as much as I can. And we do it like this by speaking to people with you, you know, thank you for this because you're providing this incredible conversation that might ring some light bulbs and, and, and have like little golden nuggets in some people's minds. And it's going to take their consciousness to a different level. So I appreciate you, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of that knowledge. And, you know, I I just see it as a ripple effect. You know, there's a lot of bullshit floating around in the world. And, you know, I I've been through a lot and, you know, I have a powerful story. So I like to, you know, I, I made it through a crazy experience. And so I know there's a purpose for my life and you know, having these conversations, these deeper conversations with perfect strangers or people that I know, like, I just want it. I want meaningful conversation and I want to spread the love around. I want to put those ripples into the world. And yeah, someone listening can hear you speak and go, oh man, maybe I'll reach out, whatever. Or like this resonates and I'll tell this to somebody. And then all our conversation just kind of starts floating around the world, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes the most beautiful conversations can stem just by talking to a stranger, you know, and you and I are considered strangers because this is actually the first time we've ever spoken. But like, honestly, I see you as like my brother, you know, to me, you're not a stranger. You're just like another version of me. That's how I look at you. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Brother with just longer hair and, you know, almost as close, almost the same. Yeah. Much, much better (laughs) hair. (laughs) Oh, man. So um, one thing I was thinking about, so you said you you speak with your family back in Bulgaria. What traditions and cultures did you grow up having with your family there? Yeah, Uh, Greek Orthodox. So, okay. yeah, Greek Orthodox. There's big churches there and there's definitely some nice energy when you go into the church. It just feels extremely peaceful. Man, it feels like tranquility when you walk in that church and it's full of candles. And as soon as you walk in, you buy some candles and you kind of have affirmations. Like I remember going there with my parents and my grandparents. There's many places throughout the church where you can, there's this like the sandbox and there are different levels and you can stick the candles that you buy and you set intentions with them. Like whatever they may be, whether it's for you, for your family members, for the world, and people just go and walk, you know, and then and they put these candles everywhere. So you look and there's light everywhere. And there's just something so special about like a peaceful environment like that with so much fire, controlled fire everywhere. So it was a good experience. Nice. Uh, yeah. I Is Russian Orthodox anything close to Greek Orthodox? Um, I'm probably not the best person to ask for that. Okay. I, don't I, I don't know. Just random, it, when you said Orthodox, it popped into my head because when we were in Estonia, w- there were a lot of um, Russian Orthodox churches and we kept going in and it was just like beautiful candles everywhere. I didn't understand what was happening because it, it was in Estonian is. or Russian, yeah. you know. Since it's Orthodox, it probably is like it's the same religion, but it's just from a different country. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you grow up 
cooking with your with your family was that a was that part of any Ooh. traditions yeah so that's i saw your smile crack so yeah. i figure <laughs> oh my god um definitely a different concept than when you come to uh america like the typical blue collar lifestyle in america in bulgaria uh you know the parents worked uh, most of the time the dad worked sometimes it was the mom and the dad for but for the most part the woman had the, the role of like taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, cleaning, cooking. And sometimes both the, the, both the parents worked, but um, it was, you would have bread like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner as part of the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, not just bread alone. <laughs> and you would have salads uh, instead of just starting to eat right away. Everybody kind of sits at the table, especially for lunch and dinner. And you eat salads while you sip on something, right? You're sipping on some kind of wine or brandy, just a little bit. And then you're eating salad and you're talking about people's lives and you're having fun. And then after about 30 minutes to an hour, you actually go into the, the main course. And it's, it's so much fun. So there's much more time spent in dining together with the family. Then we come over to America. Now all of a sudden, there's a lot more opportunities, but because there's more opportunities, more there's more people competing. So there's more necessities and people have to work longer hours. And all of a sudden, lunch and dinner is like this now, right? So yeah. you're getting to see your family less. And I definitely greatly missed that in the beginning for a couple of years, for a while. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I was just thinking fast food culture of like you're running with your food and just like... Yeah shoveling it in as you go and it's like man when you get to those places that that take those time the time is just it's just so beautiful you know it's like my brother's a chef and he loves preparing and like preparing it in front of people and having people there and i feel like that that's such a cultural part of so many different cultures you know not necessarily here and when you get to those it's so beautiful yeah my uh grandma on my dad's side, she is probably the most phenomenal cook I've ever met or seen or anybody's like, she can create for breakfast like these crepes that are out of this world. And she adds like fresh, uh, all kinds of fresh fruit in there with honey and it's, it's just to die for when you when you eat it. And then she, she can create so many different baked goods, salads, I mean, just stuff that like just melts in your mouth. And I was like, I pretty much, compare that to like above like a five star five star restaurant to me from my grandma's cooking and it's like the best cooking in the world i definitely miss that yeah i mean i think that more than like finding that all-inclusive resort or five-star restaurant what i dream of when i go to places is running into your grandmother when i'm in you know, in Bulgaria and she goes, no, come here, I'll cook for you. And that, like, those are the moments that I hope for when I travel. I want, I want those experiences. We'll get you the hookup if you go to Varna. <laughs> oh man. I, I, I would truly would love to, I, you know, I, I miss traveling, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people missing a lot of things and it's, it's out of a very privileged part that I say that I do miss traveling, but I really do. It's, it's such a big part of my life for so long, you know? Yeah. seeing those cultures and all that and i know it will come back but I, I do i do miss it a lot um so prior to covid how often did you get to get home 
Prior to COVID, not that much. So okay. the thing is, um, before COVID, I'd probably been back. So I, I lived in America. I moved here when I was about 10 and I'm 33 right now, right? So 23 years. Yeah. And those 23 years I've been back four times, I believe. Okay. Right? And that's not a lot. Like there's literally some Bulgarian people that um, live in America and they go every year. They go yeah. every year because they love Bulgaria. They, it's cheaper there, their family's there. But to me, like, I've seen Bulgaria. I want to see other countries. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll go back every now and then because I miss my family, but I talk to them all the time, right? So I want to go to places that I've never been to. I don't want to go to uh, what I've seen already. I want to go in the unknown. I want to go to Japan. I want to go to Costa Rica. I want to go to Bali. Yeah, I. it's funny when you said that. It, I was thinking that would... That would probably, I mean, I know that's me because I'm like, oh, I've been here. I mean, do I need to go back? Like, I know I haven't seen it all, but there's so much. Like, I have an app that tracks my travels by, you know, by GPS. And then I could add, like, all my other travels from my tours, working with bands and whatever. And I've, like I said, I've been very fortunate. But when I put it all in, it was like, you've been to X amount of countries. And then it shows you percentage of the world that you've been to. And I was like... I think mine was like 16, which is amazing. But I was like, that's a lot that I have not seen. There's so much out there. That's incredible. Yeah. I think you're kind of like me that like we want to, we're going to be world travelers all our life. Yeah. COVID can right now, I'm kind of like you, like ever since it started, I haven't been to any other countries. Uh, there's too much of a risk. You know, you get, you have to be, if, if you test, positive then you're gonna be stuck two weeks quarantining somewhere that's expensive like that i don't want to do that i know people in that situation yeah but what i realize is there's so much to see in the united states you know i've been to a lot of states but i haven't been to a lot of states there's yeah. many states and i recently moved to texas right i right. lived in south carolina for 23 years and now i just moved to texas texas this is larger than Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So there is so much to see here that I'm like, I'm falling in love with traveling again because on the weekends I can go to different cities and I can try new things and every place is pretty different. Totally, yeah, especially, and you're in Austin, right? Yes. Which is my favorite part of Texas. But yeah, yeah I mean, it is vastly different no matter where you go to in Texas. You can find almost anything down there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, man. Um, and what took you down to Texas? Wanted a, a new chapter. You know, I lived in South Carolina for so long that I was curious about the unknown in Texas and also the, the holistic spiritual community. There's a much larger community here than what I saw in Charleston. And I wanted to connect with more people that are like-minded. I wanted to go to a larger city. You know, it's one of the largest cities in America. So there's a lot more opportunities. There's a lot more to see. And it's full of beautiful destinations, like hiking places, lakes, rivers. People yeah. are kayaking everywhere. People are exercising, running, doing yoga, meditating. I'm like, okay, I found my people. Yeah. Oh, I remember the first time I went to Austin, I thought that I was like, there's so many people outside. It was the first, you know, it's just, it's not, not usual in, <laughs> in this country when I, when I see that many people out, it was, it was really cool. I, I really, I, I, I really enjoy Austin. A lot of my good friends live down there. So 
I have, always have a special place for it. Love it. Love it. We'll have to link up when, uh, when you visit your friends again. Yeah, definitely, dude. Um, all right. I have two more questions for you. And yeah. um, I always ask this to everybody, just uh, like, like hearing everybody's answers on this. And the first one is, what would you want the world to know about you? Hmm. What I want the world to know about me, my friend. Well, the, I want the world to know that I've been able to overcome some odds that I didn't even think were possible. And it was with resilience. And if I can do it, you can do it. If you're living with a lot of pain right now, if you're living with so many different emotions, anger, sadness, if you're living even with suicidal thoughts, and it feels like you can't turn your life around, you can't even picture it, you're just living in that pain, it's, it's possible. Even though you might not even be able to realize it, it's possible. There's two voices in your head all the time. One is that trap self, that lower self that tells you you're not good enough. You can't do this. It's all over. Forget about it. Don't do it. Stay comfortable. The other one is that voice that is the higher self, the heroic self. Step into your hero. That voice that tells you you can do it. Go for it. Go for your dreams. You need to do this. You should do this. And everybody has those two voices. And everyone gives power, more power, to one of those voices. So when you're feeling down and low, you're giving a lot more power to that negative voice. And if you start really going within and you start finding yourself and you start practicing self-care on many different levels, like physical, mental, emotional, you're going to start listening to the heroic self more and you're going to get closer and closer to finding yourself. Like one time I heard somebody say that the two greatest moments of his life were the moment he was born and the moment he found out why he was born where he stepped into his purpose and he started living his purpose. So I feel like a lot of us on the planet would like to find our purpose and step into our purpose. And it really takes you understanding how your mind works a lot of times. And you can do it all. And if, you, if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, that's so true. I like that. I like that quote. And actually, I thought of something while you were, while you were saying that, I, that I wanted to ask you. And what is are, are you a citizen here now yes american citizen yep okay what was your process like with that i got it easy my friend so my dad and my mom they had to after the green card they had to apply for the u.s passport then they had to wait a while i think they have to wait like maybe four or five years if not maybe six, yeah. something like that and there was different processes through that they had to go to Georgia to take a test. They studied a while. They had to study U.S. history. And they have to show that, you know, hey, if you want to be a U.S. citizen, you should definitely realize like there's so many people that gave up their lives for this country. And, and you should know something about the country, how the country works. So they studied and they passed and they got the U.S. citizenships. And because me and my brother were young, we automatically got those citizenships too for life. Wow, that's amazing. So are you dual or are you strictly US? Um, for some reason, we no longer have the Bulgarian passports. I think like my, I think my dad said like we didn't need them anymore because with the US passport, you can go anywhere. Sure. But now um, I'm realizing that it is beneficial to have a Bulgarian passport because you got 
even more freedom and opportunities when you go to Europe. So yeah. I'm going to definitely apply to get mine back uh, when all this COVID stuff dies down. Yeah. How is the process for that? Is it, is it pretty simple or? Um, knowing Bulgaria, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I wish you, I wish you best of luck with that. that Thank you. Like, yeah. I can, I, I, I can imagine it can get tricky going back and forth and then being like, yeah, I, I, can well, I have it One of the scariest moments in my life. Um, I was, this was right after high school. And my aunt on my dad's side, my dad's sister, she married uh, a Greek man, Sotiris, an incredible man. And I went to go visit them in Greece after I graduated college. I took a trip to Bulgaria and Greece. So I first went to Bulgaria and then I went to Greece. And after going to Greece, I was supposed to take a bus back to Bulgaria. And you got to go through the border, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there was like a couple of different borders. The first border, um, so you have the bus driver, and then it's basically a bunch of Greek people, Bulgarian people, and me, and I'm the only person with a U.S. passport on there. So they, at the border, they asked everybody to give them their IDs, and you literally give them your ID, and you wait, and then they come back, and they gave everybody their IDs back, and they didn't give me my passport back, and the bus started driving, and I was like, stop stop like i had to stand they make like a scene in front of everybody it was like with my passport passport and the people were just like looking at me like what is this guy like what is yeah. this guy doing but i walked up to the front to the bus driver and i was like where is my passport where is my passport i can't leave and then he literally took it out of his pocket yeah he looked at me like like he gave me like this and then he like took it out of his pocket like he was about to steal my passport Wow. And then we go to the other border, the Bulgarian border, and everybody gives their IDs again. Guess who gets called off the bus? Me. Yeah. <laughs> then they're like, uh, your name is Vasil Karamalov. And I'm like, yeah. They're like, where's your Bulgarian passport? Why are you giving us an American passport? And I'm like, I don't have a Bulgarian passport. I have an American passport. So they're thinking it's kind of fake. Sure. <laughs> yeah. After a while, they, they realized it was, it was real and it was all good. But that was definitely the, if, if I hadn't stood up for myself that moment, I could have been stuck in Greece at like God knows where, where I could have went. Like, I don't know what I would have done at that point. Wow. Wow. That's Yeah. I mean, just going across like a Canadian border with a U.S. passport coming back is is hard enough. I've done that so many times, let alone like doing that and then <laughs> them expecting you to have another passport. Man, I'm also thinking I was like, you know, as long as you weren't being harassed, Greece wouldn't be that bad of a place to be stuck. Other than that, it was <laughs> such a good place. It was delicious food, like beautiful mountains. Like it definitely yeah. should visit that. Yeah, I need to get to that part of the world. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. All right. So, um, last question: if if you had the ear of everybody in the world, what would you say to them? I would say, go to my Instagram <laughs> and go to my link on my Instagram because I right now am offering free time technique sessions. Well, what is time techniques? It's something that's derived from neuro-linguistic programming. 
when NLP, we focus on the subconscious mind and the conscious mind, and we can have transformational quick results with people on limiting beliefs, on their lifestyle changes, on habits with just a few sessions. And there's something called time techniques where you can travel, time travel. But what I'm talking about is you visualize the timeline of your life. You see the present moment. You can travel to your future and visualize an event that you want to happen, or you can go to your past. And with this, you, we can target the conscious mind and the unconscious mind. And we can visit the first time you ever, as a human being, experienced anger, sadness, fear, guilt, and hurt. And why is this important? Because most of the time when people experience those five feelings, they were either in the womb, they were being born, or they were between the ages of zero to five. And when we experience those emotions at that early stage, when our brain is not that developed yet, we have to protect ourselves and we end up protecting ourselves and forming certain blocks. And when we do that, people take those blocks the rest of their life as adults. So now all of a sudden you have adults, capable adults that are scared of stuff that they shouldn't be and that they have limitations of stuff and they're wondering why, but it's because of something that happened to you at such an early age that your brain is just trying to protect you. So now we have ways of going back to the past where you can work this out with special guided NLP language that will help you get learning lessons and completely let go of that emotion, release that emotion from your unconscious mind, from that memory. And then it, it's like a roller coaster because the first time you ever experienced it, it's called a gestalt. And from then on, you just start protecting yourself more and more and more. And you apply it to other situations that kind of remind you of that. But if you get rid of the first time that you ever experienced it, you can start eliminating anger and sadness and fear and guilt and hurt from most of your timeline of your life. And that just relieves people. They feel like a weight is lifted off their shoulders and it, it just reduces so much stress for people and they feel a lot better. And that's what I love to help people with. I love to help people just feel better and release those emotions. And right now I have that on my Instagram, on my um, link over there. So you can, all you gotta do is put your email in there and I'll give you a free session. Fantastic. So what is your Instagram handle so people can check it out? It's Vasil underscore Karamanov. So if you want to know how to spell my name, just look at look up the name of this podcast, the title of this podcast. And Nick, you're going to have it on there, right? You know it. Perfect. I'll put it. Yeah, I'll have it in the show notes. Perfect. So people can just click on it. Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome, dude. Well, I truly appreciate your time, man. It's been super fun chatting with you and hearing about all this beautiful work that you're up to and also just where you come from and in, in life, man, it's, it's so rad. I love, I love hearing about other cultures and you know, all this, this beautiful work that you're up to. And I just thank you for, for your time and, and hanging out and imparting it on me. And then with any, anybody that listens to this. So I, I appreciated the conversation. I loved it. And I hope you and I get to travel somewhere one day and have an adventure of our own. Hell yes, dude. That would be fantastic. We will. We will. It will happen. That's that is for sure. All right, brother. Gratitude. Yes, man. And have a beautiful rest of your night, man. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.